0: Welcome to Table 86, a podcast celebrating black and other underrepresented talent transforming the landscape of the food and beverage industry. I'm your host, Geo Darwin. Let's take a seat. Having been a food content creator for the past seven years, I'm amazed by how often the skills I've acquired aid in my other personal and professional endeavors. But my experience isn't unique. These same feelings have also been shared by other culinary creators that I've admired over the years. That's why I was so honored to welcome today's guest, the phenomenal Miko Temple of Miko in the Dish. In addition to being at the helm of her own blog, Miko is also a very successful freelance creative director and consultant who is skilled at helping brands bring their ideas to life. In this episode, Miko shares why she left her job in corporate America to pursue blogging full time and the skills she's been able to cultivate as a result of taking that leap. So thank you for joining the podcast, Miko. Dang, Gio, what took you so long? I know, right? I, <laughs> I should have had you earlier, had you on earlier. But I'm glad we finally got got to it. And I mean, the exciting part is you're going to be guest number thirty for the show.
1: Whoa! Whoa! hey now. Hey now.
0: <laughs> so see, you get the you get to celebrate the milestone episode. I, you
1: me. know what? I'm, <laughs> I'm so honored. Do I give it? Do I need to give a speech? Like... <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, so I know. So not only do we know each other from the black food blogging world, we also know each other. Um, well, we have mutual connections. One of my very dear friends, Simone went to yes. business school with you. So yes. that's she say anything bad about me? No, she <laughs> said, she said, Oh, we used to be Miko's guinea pigs. And in, um, in grad school, she used to cook all the food for us. So she she really loves and adores you.
1: <laughs> it's true. So if somebody comes to you and say, I've been doing this for a minute, they lie.
0: <laughs> it's been a long time. It's been right? A long You've been time. A yes. long time. Yes. So just give us a little bit about you. Um, tell us about what Miko the Dish is and um, how it came to be.
1: Yeah, so if we go all the way back. <laughs> <laughs> so I, um, I currently reside in Dallas, Texas, but I grew up in both Kansas City and San Diego. Um, and you know my blog. I'm actually the chief, the chief of everything, the chief of photography, <laughs> the chief of recipe development, you know, chief content creator for the blog Miko in the Dish, as you mentioned. Um, my blog, I'm, you know, I I consider myself to be a, um, a flavor seeker, mm. <laughs> and so my blog is really about teaching people how to get the most flavor in their food, particularly when it comes to comfort foods. I also am recently kind of delving into this space where I want to teach people how to optimize and get the most out of their ingredients. So I mm-hmm. kind of hack ingredient to hell. <laughs> <laughs> and then a lot of my work is also around just amplifying um, recipes within the African diaspora and also culinary content creators within the African diaspora. Oh, and um, I'm, I'm I'm self-trained, <laughs> but you know, I'm married to a chef. So hopefully that gives me some street cred. I don't know.
0: <laughs> I, I think it does.
1: <laughs> I, I mean, I feel like I'm in culinary school every day, so I don't
0: know. <laughs> oh, yeah, that, that's awesome. And you know, when you have a good cook at home, that tends to happen. You learn a lot just by, I mean, I, I, my husband's not a chef, but he's a good cook too. Um, and yeah. I learn a lot from him. And so I can only imagine what you get to experience being a great cook yourself, but then having a trained chef like, you know, on your arm in the kitchen with you.
1: Yeah, I've learned a ton. You
0: know, I know that you have been blogging for quite some time. You've also worked for a few food media companies uh, and you even have created some collaborations and built a, helped to build more community for Black food bloggers. I, I'm curious if food blogging was always on your roadmap in terms of, of a career or if you just fell into it.
1: I would be on the boat of just fell into it. Um, mm-hmm. I had, like I mentioned before, I've been cooking for a really long time, um, but my my path was really marketing. I was focused on marketing specifically within the beauty space. I wanted mm. to be in somebody's corner C suite. You know what I'm saying? Like telling folks what to do. I just thought that I would be climbing the marketing corporate ladder <laughs> um and i and i attempted but you know i just wasn't that good at it I
0: <laughs> but,
1: but cooking on the other hand is something that came really natural for me um and i ended up you know developing the blog because a friend pushed me to do it hmm. you know i grew up you know um I was the eldest of four girls in my household. And so I would cook for my family. Um, They were my first guinea pigs. (laughs) (laughs) And um, then that kind of you know, turned into me cooking for friends. And then eventually I wanted to figure out a way to share the recipes because people would ask me, you know, for things that I made. And, you know, one particular friend was really gun ho about it. And he was like, Nico, like, you've got personality, mm-hmm. you, you've got talent, like, there's no reason why you should be doing this. You could be on the Food Network. it's <laughs> like, okay, okay. Um, and I brushed him off for about nine months until he was like, you know what? If you don't do it, I'll start making your site for you. He, he developed my website. We also, um, together, he helped me photograph my first uh, self-published cookbook that we got into Barnes, Barnes & mm. Noble. Um, like we did so much, but it was because he was so like ho and,
0: and pushing you. Mm-hmm. Yes,
1: and pushing me. And I was dragging my feet the whole time because I was still on this path to marketing. Um, as a matter of fact, I was headed to business school. (laughs) And so this was something that I was doing on the side. Um, but as I started to do it, I started to fall in love with it. Um, Mm -hmm. but you know, I ended up juggling, you know, business school and it at the same time.
0: Yeah. And, and, uh, I would imagine it's, it's interesting one that you started this right before you went to business school, because Knowing you for some time, I actually thought that you, that you started it like right after business school, just based on the time (laughs) that I've been following you. But I obviously don't, don't know your full history in the full timeline.
1: (laughs) Well, that's because it was a different name before business school. It was cooking with Miko. Um, and that's when I, and like I said, like he was super gun ho in developing and he got, he got my feet wet. But when I really decided to take it on and build the brand that I wanted to, it became Nico and the dish. And that was after business school.
0: That that's awesome. So what inspired the name change, um, I'm always interested in that. From I, I've I've always been Geo's table. Um, I actually yeah. started out as Geo Darwinism, which says nothing about food, but um, Geo Darwin is it's like my name. But what changed from wanting it to be cooking with Miko, which is a cute name, but Miko in the dish, which obviously has become a full brand for you.
1: Yeah. So uh, I hope I'm not too risque for your audience, but so first off, like there's a couple of things that maybe consider it in both names. Miko was in the name and that's the marketing side of me. It's like, you know, you want something that helps people identify who you are, because I knew that my brand would be a personality based brand, no matter what. Mm -hmm. So Miko always had to be in the name. That was never a question. Um, But cooking with Miko felt basic and I'm not Mm -hmm. basic. Yeah, sure. (laughs)
0: not at all, honey. <laughs> you
1: know, I'm not basic. And so I had to figure out something that it for me spoke to who I am and what I was trying to do. And so I really wanted to share my perspective and my flavors on food. And that was how I developed the name Nico on the dish. But it was important for me to, from a marketing standpoint, to have my name in it, but then also say something that had to do with food. So I, you know, I looked at all kinds of different, like, Food trigger mm. words, yeah, um, and this Nico in the dish had the ring to it that I felt like was you know memorable.
0: Yeah, I, you know, I think in what you just said, you bring up a really important point. Like you've talked about your your background in marketing, like yeah, you know, I'm a marketing professional as well, um, yeah. full time, and I definitely think there's something to be said about we start these things as ideas, yeah. and they take on a life of their own, yeah. and then. They become a brand and they become a business. And yeah. I'm I'm really curious for you because you know, you started the blog and you went to business school and <laughs> then, you know, the brand really took off. I think that you were one of the earliest Black Food bloggers I followed with like a big following. Um Say what? Yeah, really. <laughs> and I I believe you were in New York at the time. Um did did you live in New York at Never
1: lived, but I would frequent New York.
0: I remember. So here goes what I I remember. Tell Uh,
1: me what you recall. (laughs) uh,
0: I remember a post about a small kitchen. (laughs) Yeah. So I think I equated that with with. New York. New York, yeah, with New yeah. York,
1: you. So that small kitchen was actually in Minnesota, but uh, okay, <laughs> but yes, I yeah, we started off in in very meager <laughs> accommodations, but I think that that the thing about it is like some of those things. It's so interesting that you said that because sometimes you think like I don't want to share this because people will think less of me. They don't think they won't think they that I am where I need to be. Um, but that is one of the things that you remember about me, right? Yeah. Like, uh-huh. so, that, that's what's interesting about influencer marketing. It's, it's really about sharing who you are, where you are, and letting people who you resonate with grow with you and and see all those changes and evolutions. And so yeah, I don't I don't even remember that post. I, I you know now I probably would have never posted something like that because I overthink everything. But you know, I'm happy to hear that. That actually no you know, that I, actually I, super interesting.
0: I, I'll tell you what it did for me um at the time. I also had a a very small kitchen when I started the blog, I had great light, but like Mm -hmm. we lived in a loft that, that like our kitchen was literally like one wall, a little counter and a (laughs) stove, um, barely any counter space and seeing the content that you were able to put out in that space Mm. inspired me to say like, oh, maybe I can do this. Like, you know, um, you just, you had beautiful photography, you were framing things correctly. And so I think that's the power of a good brand. You just said it, you're, you're working with what you have, but you're still putting out quality um, content, right?
1: Yeah. 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 And, and I'm so happy that um, that actually is something that resonated with you. I think for the longest time, and I think other bloggers probably, particularly food bloggers, well, bloggers period, can probably, you know, you know, relate to this, but it's very easy to get wrapped up in, you know, people share the things that they're most proud of, you know, <laughs> the, the best of the best in their lives. They don't really share all of the things that they're not as proud of all the time. And, you know, just to hear that, you know, some because you were able to see something that made you think about your own space. Right. And, mm-hmm. and like, you know what, I can do that too. Like, that's awesome. That's awesome. I, I, I really encourage people like even now in some of the work that I'm sure we'll talk about is, you know, use what you have to be successful because honestly, you know, Mm -hmm. in today's day and age, most everybody has a smartphone, (laughs) (laughs) that thing is super powerful and you can do a lot with it. You know, people always think that because some of the bigger, you know, influencers or content creators have all this equipment that that is necessary, to, that, that is necessary to produce you yep. know, stellar content. And it's not true.
0: No, no, not at all. Like I, I read a meme It probably at some point that always resonates with me that says like the best camera you have is the one you got, like Period. <laughs> make it, make it work. And Period. that does bring me to, to, to ask you, like you said, you were initially going to pursue a career, um, mm-hmm. <laughs> in marketing move mm-hmm. up the career career ladder I I think the more and more any I I, I can speak for myself I resonate with that in particular because yeah. I felt that as well like once you get into it it's not what you want and you want to create and build your own um yeah. and you've been able to do that but I'm curious like at what point did you decide to make Miko in the dish a thing a business um how did it evolve into that?
1: So what's interesting is that like when, when I was in, um, in marketing or just business in general, um, I always felt like, you know, people would ask, particularly in from business school, like they have those like trigger questions or those, you know, questions, those interview questions, like, you know, where Mm -hmm. would you be in five years? Or, you know, you, you try to start thinking about your career path and I never could, communicate what that was and Mm. to me that was a sign (laughs) like no matter how hard I tried like nobody's job I wanted who were above me like I I never Mm -hmm. you know what I mean so when I was positioned with that question I knew I had to really dig deep Um, the turning point for me was someone who I really respected and revered my great-grandmother passed away Mm. she to me was, you know, one of the most accomplished women in my family and someone I really looked up to. And, um, it just put me in a a space of like self-reflection. And I just knew I wanted to do everything that I wanted to do on this earth and not have any regrets after her passing. And so when that happened, I decided to, kind of take a leap of faith and, and move to Dallas one, because my best friend was here and she kind of, you know, I was in Minnesota at the time and Mm. she, you know, told me how great, you know, Dallas was and I was tired of the icy cold (laughs) winters. So Dallas wasn't really a strategic move per se. Um, but it did put me in a good space to, create. So one, I, I I changed my environment and because I changed my environment, you know, the, when I got here, I was like, okay, so do I apply to more marketing jobs mm. or do I do something? Cause at the time I had already started the the blog. I I do something that kind of feeds the blog. And I was like, you know what? I've always felt like I've been both left brain and right brain. I know some people identify with one or the other, but no right, job right. that I saw ever fulfilled all of it because, you know, you, they want you to be subject matter experts in most yeah. cases. And so You know, I wanted something that fulfilled everything. So I was like, you know what? I've already done the marketing thing. Let's try something creative. And what was interesting is I had no portfolio. I knew how to do, I knew graphic design. I knew uh, video editing because Mm -hmm. of some courses I had taken for fun. But, you know, I had no portfolio of that work. The only portfolio I had was my blog. Wow. (laughs) And so I submitted my blog during the, you know, for for the job that I did freelance for, for many years. And my blog got me hired.
0: That's really dope.
1: (laughs) (laughs) And so from there, I developed a background in creative direction, art direction, you know, leading photo shoots for a very large beauty company out here. So, you know, like, the blog is what got me there. And I was like, dang. So I was like, like, hold up. So they, you know, it it all was like clicking at that point, like that this, this blog is powerful uh, beyond what we understand. And so I I was doing that, um, the freelance uh, creative direction and art direction for multiple years. um, And that's because the A-type, (laughs) um, go-getter in me was also struggling with, you know, my peers from business school and from everywhere else, because I've got this MBA, you know, expect me to be here. Uh,
0: in a certain place.
1: In a certain place.
0: Where you didn't feel you were, right?
1: <laughs> Where I didn't feel I were. Like, and if I start this blog, I'm essentially starting over. You know what I mean? So I'm like, uh, it was, I was juggling the two worlds because I was dealing with other people's expectations. It wasn't truly, and I'm telling you, I've, I've quit wor- Quit working for corporate, completely focused on the blog, go back to corporate, quit again. You know, I've done it so many times. I promise you, it truly, truly didn't sink in until the pandemic hit that I that when I was offered a job to return back to a corporate freelance role, I decided, no, I'm not doing it. And I passed on it because, you know, mm. I felt very confident that, you know, I had finally found what my unique voice was.
0: That's that's amazing. And and it's amazing that you were able to realize that. And I'm going to say um, early in your career, right? Um, yeah. Because I think that I, I talk to many people who are later in their career and they wish they would have done things differently. Um, but it seems
1: no, 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 no. Let's be clear. I'm later in my career. <laughs> I am later in my career. So that's, that's the other thing is like where I think I should be based on where my career says I should be versus where I, you know, that, yeah, I, I am not early in my career. I am late, late, ta, 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 ta,
0: in my career,
1: making this jump but I couldn't be happier.
0: I I completely understand. I <laughs> I, I say that I, I was actually just looking at a thing where I was like, am I early career or am I mid-career? I guess I'm technically mid-career, but <laughs> I'm going to put on early career. Um, so, so funny enough, <laughs> um, you're telling me I'm late career too, so. Um, <laughs> yes, yes. Own it, own it.
1: Hey, hey. I, it took me a long time to get to a place of owning all of it. You know what I mean? And I just, I feel like there's no turning back now.
0: It definitely. You know, in addition to what you've been able to do um, with Miko and the Dish, and then again, turning that into branding and a uh, branding and consulting business, kind of all encompassing. Oh, yeah. uh, one thing, you know, that I, I really respect about you, and we've talked about a few times and you've even, you know, Roped. now I don't want to say roped because that feels like it has a negative con- connotation, but um, asked me to take part in, because I, I think it's an honor, mm-hmm. is initiatives to build community among uh, Black food bloggers um, yes. and Black culinary creators in particular. Yes. Yes. And I know one of the initial initiatives I got introduced to was the uh, Black History Month potluck yep. and uh, the Juneteenth cookout. Mm -hmm. and I know you started those with Aaron Hutcherson the Hungry Hutch who's a past guest on the show and shout out to Aaron Aaron. um (laughs) fantastic uh I I'd love to know um one how that came about in conversation with him um and two why why it's so important to you
1: Yeah, that's a really great question. So, um, when I first started blogging under Miko and the Dish, because when I switched to Miko and the Dish, that's when I really feel like I started taking things seriously. Um, I would say one thing that I learned from business school that was super important was that with the power of networking. (laughs) And so, I would reach out to bloggers all the time just to get an understanding of. How you know they run their business? Try to understand, like, what do I need to be involved in? What truly, because you see all these different things, your hands has to be in so many different pots. Mm-hmm. And I was like, what is most important right now? Like, I need to know that, and someone in this space is the only person who can tell me. Right. Um, and so I reached out to a ton, and you know, some responded, but you know, the person who really um, responded and helped me was Jocelyn of Grandbaby Cakes.
0: Oh, awesome.
1: She was incredible um, and so sweet and so kind and just completely transparent. And I feel like there's so many secrets of the trade Absolutely. within blogging <laughs> that you discover over years <laughs> um, that you don't realize first starting off. And I just remember also like attending like conferences and feeling like an outsider i'm like dang like influencer is supposed to be social but i feel like it's super clicky. like this is hard you know it's hard to you know make friends here um, yeah
0: <laughs> it feels lonely
1: you feel lonely <laughs> and w- back when i you know i was starting like I also, I also didn't see a lot of people who looked like us um and and that made me remind me of the corporate space where i always you know to a degree feel like I just didn't belong mm. and I was like but I, I'm good at this like I'm good there's no reason why I should feel like I don't belong
0: right there's no right. reason
1: for it you know because I am talented but why do I feel that way and so for me it was like that's because I don't have community I need community mm. and so I actually started working with with Jasmine <clears throat> um, oh Yes, Jasmine Luke. You're hitting poop.
0: all the podcast gas.
1: <laughs> yes. So we started working together to help build the Black Food Bloggers um, uh, Facebook group. And then Aaron reached out as well. Cause I was like, you know, there, there's got to be a way that we can, you know, form. Actually, I think maybe Aaron reached out before Jasmine, but there's got to be a way that we can, you know, come together. Cause I think when we know who that there's others like us around, like, yes we, we can, you know, build a lot of like equity with one Mm -hmm. another Mm -hmm. and, you know, externally. And so Aaron reached out and was like, Hey, you know, I was thinking about doing a roundup and roundups are common. Like people do roundups all the time.
0: time. Yeah. Magazine, even magazine, uh, online magazines now, but magazines do it. All the time. All All the the time. time. Yeah.
1: But what, but I was like, you know what? I feel like our collective social equity could get us in so many spaces because we have a unique story to tell that isn't being told. And so we decided, okay, this is not just an everyday roundup. This is a roundup where we are really going to try to educate both Mm -hmm. people in our community and outside of our community about Black culinary contributions to the tapestry of American food, right? Yes, yes. And what's interesting is I think a lot of people think, and and, and and let me just say, I salute and honor chefs and all the people who have gone before us, but there is something very special about the blogging space and the storytelling that exists within blogging that helps bring people into the fold.
0: You know, I, I don't know how many you started with, but I know one year we had seven, I've participated, but one year we've had like 70 people participate. Yeah. And like, you know, to be quite honest, we talked about feeling lonely as a food blogger at times, um, you know, lonely as a content creator. I hear it in that space too. Like I remember being like one of the only black food content creators in Philly at one point years Mm -hmm. ago. And it it feeling like Mm -hmm. I've never seen anybody who looks at me, who looks like me at events. And, um, it, when we had 70 people, I was like, I did not know there were 70 black food bloggers. That was my own ignorance, but it's, I, I think it's lovely that we're able to educate on uh you know black food and how we talk about it's not a monolith but i also think uh each time you do these collaboration it it brings together more community as well
1: isn't it powerful isn't it like uplifting doesn't it feel good to see other people like that that's what it does for me like mm-hmm. it makes me feel so good to work with everyone and to we're creating something and at the end of this we create this package. And we're, we're essentially, I think I've said this before, um, a content machine for these major outlets. They seek, they come to us now to develop content around subject matter that, that we are passionate about. Like it's, it's incredible that we have worked together to develop whatever this thing, (laughs) this community is. And it makes me incredibly proud to see And now it's evolved into something that I'm even more proud of, which is eat the culture.
0: Yes, um, that was going to be my segue. (laughs) So, you know, we're thinking about the evolution of the collaboration and, um, that's where I said, I, I'm honored that you asked me to participate, but uh, we call you our fearless leader. You've brought everybody <laughs> together around uh, this new concept. I know we're still defining fully what it is, yes. but I, I eat the culture. So I would love for you to talk a little bit about eat the culture and what um, our plans are for it.
1: <laughs> yeah. So what we've been doing up until this point, like you mentioned, is. It- Are the roundups where we bring all these bloggers of color together to share their food stories, to share the histories and and, and the stories behind their recipes, and just to elevate food within the African diaspora? We never had a name for what this is besides like the Juneteenth cookout or, you know, um, the Black History Month virtual potluck. You know, it never was a formal entity. Um, And because this you know, since 2017, this has been running, you know, now twice mm-hmm. a, a year, and well, now three times a year, actually. Um, yeah, holiday. Did, I, I decided like, it, yeah, because we're doing holiday now. Um, I decided that it was, you know, it had proven itself out. You know what I mean? We've done this for a year now. It's proven itself out. It's time to formalize as ourselves as an entity. And that's Um, When I reached out to you and some other (laughs) amazing, amazing content creators within our community who who have always been helpful to me in the roundups to form what we are calling now as the culture. And our overall purpose is just to create, you know, community center spaces and opportunities that nurture, support, and amplify Black culinary creators. So that includes the roundups, which we will continue to do. That includes courses. We are offering a free course now to mm-hmm. people on how <laughs> to use what you have to record or to produce recipe videos. You know, we're, we're definitely trying to make sure we meet we meet people where they are because if this is a passion if this is something that they want to pursue we want to teach people everything that maybe we didn't have uh when we started
0: off yes yes and i can say everything's been great um i've so much enjoyed the people that you brought together to work on it but oh my god it's such a lovely team Yeah, I always say it's my, I said it to you before, it's my favorite weekend uh, yes. week, meeting yes. of the week. And um, we just have a good time. And it's it's always nice to be in a space with other Black people, um, yes. but also who do what you do. Um, yes. I, I just feel like we're always learning from each other. And yes. um, also, I appreciate the candor the candor of the conversations we can have, because there's not many spaces where we get that.
1: And that really is the purpose of either culture is the candor, right? Mm-hmm. Like there are, um, if I'm being completely honest, there are spaces that exist today within the blogging community that are very exclusive where ideas are shared and it doesn't get out to the greater community that happens across all industries. Right. Um, but, it, right. but you don't really get to learn that stuff until you create your own seat. And that's what you We're just basically creating our own seat to be able to do the same thing share, it uh, share information, share experiences, um, create opportunities so mm-hmm. that, you know, we see more people like us being, being successful in this particular space, especially if this is something that they're passionate about.
0: Absolutely. And, you know, you said create your own seat. I said, we're creating a whole table and a big, hello.
1: Whole- a big,
0: long one serving food from across African diaspora. That is us. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's exciting. So I, I know we talked about eat the culture, and that is something new. Um, but I'm curious, outside of that, what does the future look like for Miko and Miko in the dish?
1: Oh, my gosh. That is a great question. I feel like I'm figuring that out every day. The newest <laughs> um, thing that I am doing is... Now that I have embraced my entrepreneurship to the fullest degree, um, I am just working to scale my business, to be honest. And Mm -hmm. that means that I need to let go and delegate. (laughs) And so the the, (laughs) the biggest thing from behind the scenes is I'm building a team. And so I'm super excited about that, um, about building a team and just, uh, I guess, well, uh I guess we'll talk about this more maybe a little bit later, but I'm I'm just proud of the fact that I get to employ people, you know, who um are working towards something that I'm passionate about, but they're equally as passionate about. Um, and then, you know, honestly, like I want to do more video production i've Mm. I've stepped into the pool i kind of dipped my toe in um so i'm definitely working to you know do more of that i I think more recipes honestly more consistency Mm
0: -hmm. (laughs) which is something that i
1: struggled with from the beginning i want to continue to build the platform to be able to continue to share what i love you know with other people
0: It is time for Table Topic and Table Topics are a portion of my show where my guests get to drop some knowledge on my listeners, um, share some tips for my listeners. And we talked about this throughout the episode, but one of the things that you've been able to do, uh, you you mentioned that great story of using your blog as your portfolio uh, to get into some freelance work. And I think one thing that doesn't get talked about often is... We Many people go to school and get degrees, but um, a lot of times there are so many skills built uh, in what we're already building or what our our hobbies are, which for you started out as blogging. Uh, So I was hoping you could shed some light on maybe three or four transferable skills you were able to acquire as a result of blogging and how you've been able to leverage those in other spaces.
1: I'm happy you're asking this because one, I think this also will shed a light on all of the things you have to be good at as a blogger.
0: Yes, <laughs> because yes, yes.
1: It's not we're not just out here eating food every day. There are a lot of talents that we need to master to do this successfully. Um, so I would say, just from the blog, what I've learned, if I talk about hard skills, particularly the ones that maybe would get me a job. Mm. <laughs> the, 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 the photography I would say is one of the things that helped me um get the job, you know, that I was talking about earlier. Mm-hmm. So learning photography, you honestly people eat with their eyes first yes. before their stomach or their mouth. Which one is it? Before their, before their <laughs> for their mouth. i yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean. I
0: knew what you meant, yes. <laughs>
1: People eat with their eyes okay <laughs> so you have to make things appetizing you uh, and so there's the photography piece and then there's also the um does you know the designing or the layout or the styling of the food it's not just taking the picture it also you know you want to create a story you want people to be like oh yeah she's having a picnic on mm-hmm. the beach <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> help line up with your story so you think about all those things that help tell the story it's it, it it really is an extension of storytelling. Um uh I feel like now I am the queen of SEO, honey. Like yes. I'm out here SEOing for the gods. The keywords are my friends. Yes. <laughs> so SEO skills. Um, um, oh, here's another. Like, you know, just because you know how to cook doesn't mean you know how to develop a recipe. Because mm. if you go back to our grandma's and stuff, they a, a pinch of this, a little bit of that, an elbow you know, a little elbow grease. No. You like recipe development in, in to a degree is, is a science, um, and, and requires, uh, iteration. And so, um, even though I felt like I was good at cooking, I had to develop the skill of creating recipes that other people can follow. Yes. Um, I would say one of the other things that I've gotten better at, I definitely had to do in, the, in corporate America, but I had to get better at is pitching. Um, mm. And that's because, you know, you are on an island in some cases. And I, I consider myself to be, you know, I, I'm vibrant, but I'm, a, but I'm humble. And so I never like to toot my own horn, but you know, mm. you have to learn to toot your own horn toot toot. Um, Sell because- yourself. You have to oh, sell yourself. For you. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, and, you know, being an entrepreneur has because no, there's no advocacy or the built in hierarchy and advocacy like you would have in corporate America. Like you have to do all that stuff for yourself when you're trying to work with brands Um And I've done, you know, traditional brand contracts, but there's times where I've reached out to the brand and be like, Hey, I want you to partner with me. I want you to pay me this much because this is my value. Another thing, knowing my value,
0: Mm
1: -hmm. (laughs) um, there are times when, you know, you're presented with opportunities and you're know, like oh it's it's an okay amount of money but i don't you know so i don't really want to walk away so you so you know i'm i'm in a place now where i can either i choose to ask for more or i choose to say no and it was really hard for me to say no in the beginning i was taking everything and i think in the beginning that is okay i i'm of the of the position that in the beginning you want to build a portfolio that Absolutely. speaks to your work so that is okay but once you get a good you know archive of content, you know, you should learn the art of saying no.
0: <laughs> definitely, definitely.
1: Um, I can keep going. because <laughs>
0: <laughs> You have, you're a wealth, wealth of knowledge, but I think one thing that you spoke to that is important is, I think that with your photography and understanding photography, you were able to spiral that into creative direction, not just in food, right? Yeah. Uh, in thinking about recipe development, I, I I think you captured it. Like it is a skill set. Um yeah. but like I, I also think of recipe. I also think of recipe developers as food technical writers, right? Yes. So when when you think about like computer programmers um or or I'm sorry, software development or tech and they have mm-hmm. people who write technical manuals to their mm-hmm. software, like that is that that is what a that recipe is developer so true. is for food. And that so, is so true. I, I think that um, a lot of times we don't see the parallels between these things, but like, also food is food is a business. It's probably one of the most successful businesses ever. Um, that part, and um, everybody should get an opportunity to like get their piece of of the pie, if you mm-hmm. will. <laughs> mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. so
0: yeah, no, I think that those were great.
1: Thank you. I oh. hope I hope anybody who is on the fence about. Whether this is a path for them or not, feel inspired to try. I think sometimes you get into it and you realize maybe this is not for me, and that's okay. Um, right. But you really do just need what you have today to start. Um, and you know, the hard part is not trying to be involved in everything. The the mm-hmm. one thing that I would say that I took, that was hard for me to accept, but it's absolutely essential in this is just consistency and authenticity.
0: Yes, yes, yes. Um, because nobody can do you nobody. Like you do you, right? There you go. <laughs> Period at the end.
1: <laughs> Period at the end, yes.
0: Miko, my friend, my boo. <laughs> Um, <laughs> thank you so much for joining the podcast. Um, I always enjoy talking to you, but it was really great to have this one on one time and even learn a lot more about you and your story. Um, uh, you continue to inspire me, um, and I would love for you to inspire my guests as well. Okay, um, they need to be following you. <laughs> so, How can they find you? Um, How can they subscribe to your blog? Um, How can they learn more about Eat the Culture?
1: Yes, yes, yes. Everywhere, Miko and the Dish. If you can remember and the dish, the hardest part is (laughs) Miko. Miko is spelled M-E-I-K-O and then and the dish. So that is on Facebook. That is on Instagram. My blog, Nicoandthedish.com. I mean, YouTube, all the spaces, Nico and the Dish. Eat the culture, same thing. <laughs> we try to keep it simple as marketers. I'm like, yeah, let's keep it simple. <laughs> eat the eat the culture on Instagram, eat the culture on Facebook.